Welcome to The Point with Mick Rich. I've got my good buddy here, Coy Griffin, uh, Cowboys for Trump. Coy, it's good having you here. It, when we were out there traveling the state together, it was always fun to see you there. Oh, it's always a blast. And I, and I just want to start off by telling you I'm honored to be on your program, Mick. And, and as every time I visit with you, it always seems like I have the takeaways. And, and, and I just appreciate you. I appreciate your insight. Man, it was, you know, one time on the campaign trail, we, we got into Lemitar, yeah. just south, or just right around Socorro, got into Lemitar, and they said, man, Mick, uh, everybody, we're going to ride into this event on horseback. And I'm saying, I was hoping to get, to get on a horse and, and ride, there you know, you now getting on a dozer, I'm okay getting yeah. on a dozer, backhoe, being yeah. a contractor, but on a horse, and so... <laughs> It was interesting. Got on a horse, and they said, "Okay, do it. You know, pull this way, pull that way, and got the stride." I said, there you go. "It's kind of like a dozer. You got this stick, you got that one right. for this track, that track." It was fun, yeah. uh, but but Coy, I got a question yes, for sir. you. I, all <clears throat> what we've done, I only know a little bit about you. Now, I do know when I was in, in Alamogordo, you had a restaurant there. That's correct. Right next door, you had a church, a ministry. That was what. Uh, so, can you tell us, tell me, tell our viewers a yeah. little bit about your background? Sure, just a rough background in a tight nutshell. I grew up in Reserve in Catron County in the Gila National oh, okay. Forest. Uh, family of sawmillers. Uh, we grew up in the logwoods, harvesting timber and, and sawmilling. And, and, uh, and unfortunately, through the environmental attacks and activist environmental organizations, as we know through uh, with the Mexican spotted owl, all our livelihood got taken away from us right. about 20, 25 years ago. So uh, doing what we always do in the West, we just, uh, we, we roll with the punches. We began an outfitting business. Um, and now we have the Mexican gray wolves introduced on us, which is right. killing a lot of our live, live, uh, livestock as well as wildlife. But um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I lived in Paris, France for, uh, about six years. I worked for Disneyland Paris in a remake of the Buffalo Bills Wild West what? show. Yeah. No, oh, come yeah, on. Yeah. You were. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. So how come you're not wearing a, a beret? I, I, I just, <laughs> beret. Okay, you know, I just kind of You know, curious. unfortunately the, cu- <laughs> the, cult, the French culture never really rubbed off on me that much. Um, I did good just learning how to ask where the bathroom was and, <laughs> and how to order a drink. Oh, but, uh, be, what an exciting It experience. was great. It was awesome, you know, and, uh, and, and kind of morphing that over into politics. Um, I have a firsthand experience of living in a socialist system, Mick, with my time spent in France. Um, I've, I've witnessed the bureaucracy firsthand. Whenever I was in France and you had to do anything, if it was go to the DMV or go to the doctor or what, it was days of paperwork and then you then then you were lucky if you got in so um i believe that you know as i look back in my life i can see where god gave me the experiences um to maybe have a little bit more of a well-rounded uh approach um so i spent six years living in france after that i came back to the states began to heed to call into ministry um and then I found myself uh, in 06, I found God called me to ride to Jerusalem from San Francisco. So uh, on Easter Sunday of 2006, yeah, I, I, believe, I mean, I, I wish I could fill in in between uh, just to give God, put credit where credit's due, because right. it's unbelievable the story of how God opened these different doors. But 
I started San Francisco. I felt God called me to ride from Golden Gate to Golden Gate, from the Golden Gate of San Francisco to the Golden Gate of Jerusalem. So in 06, I left horseback in San Francisco and rode to, uh, to, Times, to the Trade Center site on September 11th. It took about five and a half months. I did that in 06, then I did it again in 07. Uh, and just look for opportunities to share the gospel along the way. God provided such an amazing platform by having a horse out in the middle of the city. Uh, I had people coming to me instead of trying to oh, go to them. What so they you? would come to me. They'd ask me, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? What took place in your life to cause you to do such a thing? All those pointed questions that you want in ministry in order to share your faith and share with them about grace and forgiveness and redemption and, and hope and all the great things. And I used a horse to do it. And today in the political field, um, it's much the same. The horse so, is such a wonderful tool. What I've noticed is little kids, and then the little kids gravitate to the horse, to the, the, oh, the yeah. either the guy or gal on horseback, and then here comes the parents. Never could do that, you know. Yeah. You know, with a with yeah. a you know piece of heavy equipment. Kids sure. love heavy equipment. Sure, sure. But but again, but, but not only kids though, because I, I mean the great thing about a whore, an animal is, you know, I, since I've been on the political trail, I can have uh, Antifa, you know, I can have Antifa people come up to me that are full of rage and their walls are up and their guards up and they're ready to fight and they come up to that big, beautiful horse and they go to looking in his eye and they go to petting on him and then oh. all of a sudden the walls start coming down. I have and it to gives say, me an when, opportunity to when I sit there and I look a horse in the eye, I mean... You, you feel the love. I mean, man, you know, and and, and, and and if it doesn't matter, it, ministry and politics parallel so much. One's an eternal message, one's a carnal right. message, but they're both messages the same. And to, to communicate them to those that in the political realm, those on the left, in the uh, spiritual realm, those that are atheists, and at the end of the day, many times, they're pretty much the same. I mean, our politics are getting to a point right now where you either want to honor God through your politics or you just want to serve yourself and let anything right. go. You know? One of the things that I've noticed about you, mm -hmm. but also the challenges that you've had, is that you are a very trusting soul. Were you born that way? You know, I think so. You know, um, I don't feel like I've changed any. I think I'm the same person today as I was when I was young. Um, I, I mean, I love life. I, 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 I love living, and and I'd rather go through life uh, giving somebody the benefit of the doubt instead of always being on guard. So I, uh, my background's very different than yours. I grew up in a household where, man, you had to be on your guard. That was from age five on up. Sure. And... And so one of the things that I noticed on the campaign for me traveling the state was uh, I never got taken by surprise. Sure. I was always ready. And, but what I noticed about you was the greatest strength that you had was your trusting of people. And, yeah. and as we'll talk later, is like all of us is, our greatest strengths can be our greatest challenge. So, Coy, how did you end up getting started Cowboys for Trump? You know, uh, holding an elected position as I am a county commissioner in Otero right. County, a county that's affected by the border. 
back in February of 2018, whenever the president was making such a strong position on building the wall and getting a secure, um, after he had already shut the, shut the government down, uh, if you remember back, Rich, on February 15th, he was either going to go executive or shut the government down again. And I thought, right. how can we be a sign of support from New Mexico to our president with his efforts on border security? I thought I'd put a group of guys together. We'd do a horseback ride. And we called it Cowboys for Trump. And it just has grown since. Um, from actually being in the Oval Office with the president to talking to him on the phone to getting being able to share issues about New Mexico, particularly forest health and forest management, which is really where my, my main focus is. Um, and it just, I mean, it, it's a totally organic movement, Rich. Um, yeah. There wasn't anybody or anything that I could say that really started it, you know. I mean, it was it was birthed by God, I believe. You know, I okay. believe that God gave me the idea. God gave me the vision. I took steps of faith, trusting in God, and God just began to grow it. And the beauty of it is there's so many that are on my social media platform that have watched it grow from the very beginning. Right. No, and I have. I, I mean, I was around. <laughs> I saw that. I go, oh, yeah. it's exciting it's to awesome. see that to come together. Uh, you touched on a couple things. One is uh, health of our national forest yes. and, and rangeland. Yes. And one of the things that I've seen over the last probably 25, 30 years, instead of sustainable harvesting of our forest, sure. it's burning to the ground. I see this, I say, what about you know, the greenhouse gases from the forest fires, but, oh, yeah, but also like for you, you are out there in reserve, out there Catron County, sure. really rural New Mexico. Sure. The people in rural America are getting pushed off the land. They are. And so who is gonna be the good stewards from the next generation or two going to have the good stewards of our, our nation, national forests. I really hope that a lot of the influence in regards to management of our forests will, will come back to more of a local level. Um, right. There's no reason why policy should be being set in Washington, D.C. in regards to the people that live out in Catron, Otero, Quay, Harding, That's whatever right. county. So, uh, but our fires, at the end of the day, our fires, the, the reason why we have such destructive fires is just horrible management. Um, and I agree. And a lot of it is, uh, is because of the Endangered Species Act. And uh, a lot of the lawsuits that activist organizations wage is they use the Endangered Species Act to sue the federal government and stop usage. Okay, so, so I want to make it clear here that what... What you're talking about is what I've also shared about is the Endangered Species Act is no longer an act to protect no. endangered species. It's destructive. It has been weaponized right. in order to shut shut people out of our national forests. That's right. And it's again when we talk about the tyranny of the you know of the majority here it is the tyranny going on in its push. Rural New Mexicans, rural well, Americans yeah, rural, are now I mean, the endangered species. If you want, if say if you were a Democrat and you looked at a map and you wanted to identify where all of your enemies are living at, what would you look for? You look for all the red areas. Where are so, all the red areas at? All the red is all okay. in rural, rural parts of America. Boy, I, I hear I hear you loud and clear, but let's make sure 
Remember, we're talking about love here. We're not talking about <laughs> enemy. enemies, right? <laughs> okay. So, and really, that's well, what, you know what, you know, but I, I guess mean, we're what? in a war right now, though, but, Nick, you know? I mean, we're in a Corey, war, as I, Joe Biden said, a war for the soul of our nation, you know? So, and, but guess what? I, I agree with you. When I sit down with people, I'm traveling the state. When I was at the state fair, yeah. I didn't ever find enemies. I found no, people that I, I disagreed with. I know, with. I know, and, and I and again, I, I, I don't mean it. I don't mean that. I don't mean it in a literal sense. sense you know, I don't look at Democrats like an, as they're necessarily our enemy. Just like I don't look at somebody that doesn't know Christ as an enemy. We're, we should approach both the same, and it should be out of love, out of sacrifice. And you what? That's what we're talking that's about here. Where we can that's where when, oh, yeah. when I see you connect with people in rallies, sure, it is you're bringing the love to the group. Amen. I tell you what, that is huge. Amen. And Amen. and I and that to me was impressive. So, so we're talking about cowboys for Trump. Sure. You're traveling the state. Yes, sir. I saw you there in Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah, Rushmore so, was great. So and, Rushmore, and Rushmore was the end of a trip. If you remember before that, uh, I, I, whenever the governor first issued her stay-at-home order, um, I was saddling a horse in San Francisco. Um, and I rode from, well, I didn't ride. I hauled my horse. But, I, you know, I traveled from San Francisco to Lexington, Massachusetts, then came back to Tennessee. I took about a month off trying to see my boy. Then we went to uh, Jacksonville, Charlotte, Chicago, Milwaukee, Fargo, down to Rushmore. So which, okay, so let's let's contrast <laughs> San Francisco to Mount Rushmore. You're okay. in San Francisco. I don't know if you uh, knew this. I grew up outside San Francisco. Okay, beautiful uh, place. And in San Francisco, my 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 experience in San Francisco, yeah, was probably one of the greatest experiences throughout the states. Um, apart from seeing all of the liberal effects everywhere Ryan. but but the people in the city are still intact the people of san francisco are great you know of course you have the the the, the those that are communist minded but you take your law enforcement you take your first responders you take those people in service areas on the ground they're the same in san francisco as they are in new york as they are in jacksonville as they are in fargo i mean the the law enforcement loves the horse they love the flag uh the first responders the same and most patriots, they're just factions that don't but, like but our right, flag and they don't right, like our country. But I get that. But so I grew up out there, sure. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, beautiful city, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful city. city. Weather's awful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The fog gets cold. Sure. But but you're there. You must have been in Golden Gate Park. Oh yeah. So yeah. you're in Golden Gate Park. You're just people are coming up mm -hmm. to you. Now. Just like going to the state fair, you don't know when they come up and chat with you. If you're talking to somebody that's wearing a cowboy hat, you know they're going to be conservative. Possibly. But you're right. Yeah, but you right, might be in but, Santa Fe. Right. But so you're in San, you're at Golden Gate Park. You're talking to people. And you're starting a conversation with them. Sure. And you know right off the bat that this is a progressive, a liberal individual. And you just start talking about sure. how. How do you get a? How were you able? Were you able to connect with people? That oh yeah, you, oh yeah. But you know, God always gives us the direction. I mean, He gives you the discernment on how to navigate. You know, and if you come up to somebody that's extremely enraged, and 
you kind of tippy-toe around them for a little bit, and you, you expose yourself to them, and you show them love, and then maybe they'll let their guard down. If they don't, then you move on. You know, I mean, so you I don't cast did, your pearls So did you wrap it up with somebody, and you realize that what you ended up accomplishing was that they didn't necessarily see your position, but they got to see you as a person. I hope so. I hope so. And, uh, you know, most people, when they see me on the street, I'm carrying an American flag. I'm wearing a cowboy hat and on a horse. It, it, nothing to do with politics. Right. It's just an American cowboy on a horse carrying a flag. Uh, most people that will come across good to, the ones that are extremely sad, and I see it, unfortunately more than I would like are those that see that image and they scowl and they just look at it with like, like they look at the flag they'll look at me and then they look at the flag and when they look at the flag you can see it come over their face so, where they but so here I am I was at the uh, right so I'm at the state fair and I'm chatting with folks you sure. and again you're not sure who you're gonna you know what political leaning that they have sure and you're chatting with them and a number of times when I got done chatting with them, we're just talking about, and I'm not saying values, but just talking about what we care about. Sure. Care about the, and I say, I'm running because I care about the people in New Mexico. I'm sure. not running to, because I'm a Republican. I'm not running because I'm a conservative. Sure. I'm running because I care about New Mexico. Yeah, but you, you're running on a platform, too. You're running on a set of values. I mean, if you're well, running on a right. Republican platform, then you should be pro-life. You oh, should be for the Constitution. Right. You should be for border security. Those are, those are fundamental Republican Can, values we, right That's there. right. So, but when we talk about the value of life, sure. when we talk about it, I say, when we talk about we support, you know, life from mm -hmm. here to here. Mm -hmm. And then you get to, but when you're talking to somebody that you don't know and they're saying, I'm pro-choice, pro, uh, pro and then you say, I can't, and then you talk about those core issues about late-term abortion. And I'm not here to talk about late-term abortion, but most of the time, Coy, you get to the point and you're able to connect and find a place to connect with these people. Sure. Not 100%, but when you walk away, they go, you know what? I agree with this guy 90% of the time. That's the end goal, you know? I mean, you want, you want to find those common denominators as you, as you visit with people. Um, and, and, and a lot of the, the, the talent that, or, or, or a lot of the whatever, the good that I can bring to it, I guess you could call it, is, is from my foundation in my faith. Because right. if somebody is for pro-choice, pro then usually I will move more into a position where I'll, I'll try to right. witness to them about so. God and who God is and what we're doing here and what an amazing creation this is. Good deal. We talked earlier about what one of the greatest strengths that I see that you have is your trust and love of people. Yes. And, and as I said, uh, a lot of times for all of us, our greatest strengths turns out to be our biggest challenges sure. that sometimes you open up to the wrong people, sometimes that you're showing some love that you, all of a sudden you become more vulnerable. They see that and they come after you, as I've yeah. mentioned before. My biggest challenge is, is you know, nobody, nobody ever wonders, can Mick hold his own in a, in a, in a fight? Because they, 
they just got that feeling, Mick, you can hold your own. Sure. But, but the challenge that I have at that same time is to let people know that I love and care about them. Sure. And that's the, the sure. other flip side. Sure. So I see the challenges that you've been facing the last couple, last year, yeah. is that uh, those two M's, uh, Maggie and Michelle, have been coming on strong. They've been chewing on you pretty good, from what I can tell. Sure. And, but also, at the same time, I think why, in my personal opinion, two things is that uh, that you you get out there out in front of your out in front of the old saying out in front of the skis a little too far, right. but at the same time, you have had such great success, not just in our state getting a message out, but across the country. Sure. So. Uh, so a little bit. So you you you've tangled with uh, Maggie Toulouse, yeah. all of her up yeah. there, Secretary of State. Yeah, she's chewing on you. So yeah. how's that going? Well, the successes. I'd like to first start by saying yeah. successes that I've had. I, I again, and and I don't mean to sound cliche, and I don't mean, but it's it's all. I, I've watched. I've sat first row in this deal, Rich, and I've seen God open doors and move me different directions and bring people into my life and remove people out of my life. And I've seen, so all of my successes are accredited to God, as well as I believe uh, being able to trust people. Because um, if you fully and truly trust in God, then you know that God is in control of all things. Right. And so, you know, just because somebody comes in and maybe they Maybe they sting me in a certain area, or maybe they let me down somewhere. That scripture from the Bible that God works all things out to good for those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. So there's always good that comes out of every situation. That's right. and, and if we can just trust in God, then God might take what we might think is a bad situation and He'll spin a pearl out of it and it'll be amazing, you know? So, but with Maggie and Michelle, um, you know, it's just a dirty in the politics. I mean, if I, if I say Michelle Grisham is a communist, then what does she have to do in response? She has to discredit me. She's right. got to try to make me look bad so my influence doesn't carry as far, and so she politically survives. So that's what the Democrats do. They're assassins. I mean, any time that you say any little thing about one of them or their policy, they come at you with all guns blazing so, and you have to be strong through that you can't tuck tail that's and run. right so i agree i hear you loud and clear one mm -hmm. of the things that i learned early on was man oh man have no enemies i i joined a contractor group one time yeah and i'm still a member of that organization yeah uh i joined it because one day i woke up and I looked at my competitors as enemies and I said, man, they're not my enemies, no. they're my competitors. And well, so, yeah, and you... so I, I want to, you know, going back to this is that th when we talk about politics, man, I tell you what, this is a full contact sport. Sure it is. And, and if it, a person doesn't have any enemies in politics, you're probably lukewarm backwash that's floating around <laughs> in this I, place where Bill Clinton no, you stayed, know what? You know? And I mean, I, you got it. It's like the old country song. You got to stand for something, or you will fall for anything. For anything. And, as and you I stand agree. in your values, as you stand in your morals, as you stand in your principles, everybody that doesn't share those same values and morals and principles will look at you like you're their enemy. And the stronger you stand, the more they'll stand. And that's okay. I would right. rather be very clear with everybody around me that this is the person that I am. 
this is the direction that I'm going. If you want to support that, then great. If you don't want to support it, then that's fine. I won't get out there. Okay, so just not putting words in anybody's mouth, and I never do that. Sure. What I'm hearing is, is the matter is that you got love for everybody across the board. I pray When it's right. But I when it comes to. to the values, those core values that we belong in, yeah. it's like you may, you may be over there, and I love you. Yeah. But man, you're on that other side, yeah. And, yeah. and I'm not okay with that other side. But honestly, I think, though, Mick, the way to win that sector over is yeah. just to create prosperity and the economy and safe communities. And then all of a sudden, if those people that are looking at you and hating on you, if all of a sudden their life starts getting better around them and they're more comfortable and they have nicer things, then... Maybe there, maybe that's the way we reach them. You know, maybe the real, the real way to 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 really promote the conservative platform is just to create create that prosperity, economic opportunity, and God's blessing will follow. And then, you know, maybe they'll see. You know, that's what we want to do in Christianity. We want to live our lives in such a manner that other people see something in us that they want and desire. To you, our politics could be much the same way. And I agree with that. I the, I. One of the biggest challenges that I saw in politics is them of people working of them, it's us first them. Yeah. And when I talk, when I was on the campaign trail, I talked about representing all New Mexicans. The idea isn't, and what I see in politics today, today and you look at all the issues across the board, Coin, it is a matter of it's them over there and it's us here, and it's all of us, and it's dividing Americans, and what we need to get back to is those core values that we all believe in, is the, the sanctity yeah, of life. But I, but I don't know, you know, I mean, again, if you try to start just appeasing to everybody, you become weak and you get beat. The people that win in politics today are the people like Donald J. Trump. They're not sitting around wondering if everybody's got their feelings hurt. He doesn't spend all of his time wondering, well, I wonder how that came across. He just charges forward and he wins. He wins, wins, wins. Right. And we've seen him do it from the beginning. The guys like Jeb Bush, that's the political genius of the group, <laughs> Jeb got his butt handed to him because I didn't want, I don't want somebody, not in today's climate. Today's climate, we have battles to win, we have mountains to conquer, and we have to charge. So what I would do, especially at the state fair, and I, and I bring this up because you never knew who you're talking to, what their position was, and what I would do is I would talk about believing the sanctity, you know, they'd say, do you believe in the sanctity of life? And you'd go, yeah. Right. And then I'd say, why? And right. those are the issues. You get down to what are the, the, the really the core values. Sure. And what I found overall, when you get down and you talk about the core values, that we're all in. Yeah. We're all about 80%. It's what I see is uh, just talk about the environment. When we talk about sustainable, you know, of, of being good stewards of our federal lands yeah. and what that looks at. And then we talk about how that, that faced. I sure. said, and you touched on that. When you said was, when we talk about being good stewards of our federal land, it talks about right here in New Mexico, 
when your livelihood, your family, your livelihood depends on that federal land, you're going to protect it. Sure. Right? Amen. If you're, if you're in San Francisco, tell you what, the federal lands are thousands of miles away. It's not that critical. No. It's like, well... But the, the true stewards of the land are those that utilize them for their livelihoods. That's our ranchers. That's our loggers. That's our sawmillers. You know, back home in the right. Gila... We didn't go out and cut all the trees down. If we went out and cut all the trees down, we wouldn't have anywhere to go cut trees at anymore. That's right. You have to manage your renewable resources. You have to make sure that it's controlled and it's done properly. But they're renewable resources, Rich. They they come they grow again. And the better right. you manage them, it's just like your backyard. The better you manage and curate your backyard, the more beautiful That's and healthy right. it is. In one of the I had ethyl on on the program oh, yeah. one time, yeah. and we were talking about sanctity of life issues. Sure. And one of them was, and, and I brought this example up, was that there were two twin brothers, well, obviously two twin brothers, yeah. you know, they're twins. Yeah. Uh, they were in like their 50s, I think. They were deaf and losing their eyesight. And these, and these two individuals convinced their parents and the doctors to end their lives because they would be blind and deaf. And what was uh, the purpose of living? And uh, I read the article, sad. and Ethel and I were talking that about it. Yeah. Right, sad. And then I brought, turned it around, and I said, do you remember, uh, God, what was her name that was deaf and blind? It was... Uh, oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And we talked... Yeah, Anne something. Anne Frank? Was it Anne no, Frank? No, Anne Frank was in the Holocaust. Okay. <laughs> but, right, but we're talking about her, and I said, here it was, right. and she was an is inspiration to all of us. The fact is that she changed people's lives across the board, and I said, and here it was in the uh, Dale Carnegie's a story, a, an author went to, the, came, went to the post office and picked up an eighth rejection to his book, hmm. and he went home. And he was greeted by this young girl and said, oh my gosh, can you, what a beautiful spring day. Can you smell the flowers? Can you smell all of this? Yeah. And do you smell the breeze? Sure. And he stopped and he thought, and he goes, oh my gosh, I can. Yeah. And what it was, here she was, deaf and blind, and she could experience a beautiful day. Well, it doesn't That's matter what. To, it, right, we need to bring this segment to a close. Okay. But I'll but say, the, what, it doesn't matter what life it looks like if it's living there's purpose welcome back uh i'm here with my good buddy coy and uh and my other good buddy josh reminded me that was helen keller <laughs> in but again what it really brought home to me was that life is precious amen and amen. that's what it's about and oh, it's amen. about and when we start life is the greatest gift. we bro. talk about everybody has a voice that's including right. those that may not have one. That's right. So, Coy, you've been through a lot in this last year. You, man, you've been to the Oval Office. You've been yeah. this. You've been drugged through the mud with, uh, with Maggie and Michelle, right? The two M's. Yeah. Uh, and, and I also want you to know that I've been there as well. I, I have, when I ran for office, uh -huh. man, what exciting time it was. But also at the same time you're out there, there's a lot of people that are doing everything they can to pull you down and sure. you can't let that happen. Sure. So when we're looking at this whole thing, 
uh, and I said, you know, any regrets? You know, um, no, I, I, I don't think so, Mick. Um, now, is there things that I might have said differently or worded differently? <laughs> or, you know, I mean, <laughs> hindsight, is, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But as we fully trust in God, we know, again, that God will work all things to good. That's so right. even if it might look like I stumbled, even if it might look like I made a bad decision in different areas, I have no, I have no regrets. I, if I wasn't covered by the blood of Jesus, I would, because I'd be damned for hell. <laughs> but through the, through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, through my faith, through the peace that God gives, um, I wouldn't necessarily say I have any regrets. I have to say for me personally that some of the biggest challenges that I faced in my life ended up being the, big, the greatest gifts that I Amen. ever had. Amen. Uh, Man, I grew up in a tough household. Sure. And it, it was pretty, it, it was rough. Yes, sir. Uh, love my parents, love my siblings. Sure. It was a tough household. I understand. When, and, uh, when I got out of high school, I was looking where I wanted to go away to college, and it was, I need to get out of Dodge. I yeah. wanted to get away from home sure. and far from home. Sure. And I ended up going to Oregon State, and that's where I met Marion. Uh, I met her. I said, I said, man, she was a farm girl. I said, this is a gal that I want to marry. There you go. And I ended up marrying her. Uh, we got four great kids. Awesome. And somebody said, well, Mick, if, if you had to do it all over again and having a gentler, softer life, would you do it? And I said, look, I said, if I had a gentler, softer childhood growing up. You wouldn't up, be the person you are today. Right, and I would have never gone to Oregon look at, State. Look at the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest generation that's ever lived, and that's the World War II generation. That's right. What made that generation great? The Depression, all the, the World, World War II, you know, all those difficulties in their lives, but it shapes and molds your character, you know, and I think that that's something that, that's the one thing that scares me the most that these young kids, a lot of them are missing, and that's character, you know, character is built through trials and failures, you know, and, 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 and it molds you, and it makes you, and it makes you strong, and it gives you resilience, and, you know, I think, uh, the participation trophy generation. I mean, I really think they've been cheated. You know, I mean, oh, it's really look, sad. I, you got to learn to lose. You got to learn what it's like to win. That's the American and, way. Well, I I think it goes back to what you said about character. For me, it was. Uh, I had people say, "I can't believe you didn't give up on different en endeavors, sure. business wise, political wise, a whole series of things." And one of the things that I learned at a very young age was, you're not going to break me. You, sure. might, you might beat me, but you'll never break sure. me. Sure, sure. And, uh, and the successes that you had in, in business and in life, if you would have given up, oh, you wouldn't be where you're at today. You wouldn't be sitting right here today, you know. I mean, you got to charge. you got to screw your hat down and keep pushing and, and not quit, you know. And that's what... That's what I've done from the beginning of this. I've had November 3rd in my sights. I want to unseat every Democrat in the state of New Mexico. I want to win every race from the presidents down to the bottom. And we're not going to be threatened, intimidated, and we're not going to quit. So Do you what? And I think what you're talking about is dead on, is when we talk about I'm not going to be intimidated. Yeah. Because 
Coin, what they try to do. Oh, I know. They is, try to censor you, is what they what do. do. Right. But they want to make an example of you, and sure. you say, if you're visible, you do XYZ, whatever, you stand on your values, the conservative value, sure. values, then we're going to beat you and we're going to make you an example mm-hmm. for everybody else. And I saw that. I see that. Yeah. I saw it with Scott Chandler. Yeah. I see it with you. Sure. I see it with other strong Americans sure. where they beat you down. And the idea is they're not going to beat us down. Mm-mm. We are going to persevere. We're going to hang in there no matter what. Cowboy and up. To, you know what? <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's what we say You know what? Home. That's right. You cowboy and, up. Don't be sissy. Don't, don't back down. Don't quit. Keep and charging, and if it stings a little bit, brush it off and keep moving forward. Construction, guess what? Construction's the, it's the same, same way. It's the, the same. storm's coming in. I don't care what happens. Absolutely. You get back up. You just do you what it takes. You think that biker that's out in the middle of nowhere on his motorcycle riding, you think that whenever the sun gets to beating on him too hard, he quits? No, he keeps that's right. keep going. It's the American way. You know that's what? what makes our country great. That's right. You That's beat right. me to you beat me to the punch <laughs> there. So those are you know. So when we talk about the lessons learned for us, but yes. for others, to, for others to see as an example, sure, is what you're doing. Is that look? I may stumble. I may make a mistake here sure. or there. But guess what? It's a mistake here or there. It's a solid message that you got. And what gives me the peace at the end of the day, Mick, is I know who I am. I know I'm not a racist. I know that I'm not uh, wanting to go kill Democrats. I, I, I'm not. I'm not who the liberal me- liberals or the media tries to present me as. So, you know, as long as you, as long as you're sure of who you are, as long as you know you're not a racist. When somebody says, "Oh, you're a racist," it doesn't bother me because I know I'm not a racist. That's you right. know, I mean, so it probably all you know, starts within, you know, you got to oh, yeah. know who you are. You got to be comfortable with who you are. And, and, uh, and then once you really find peace there, then you can drift off into politics and let them cover you in mud. And you're, oh, yeah. and you're like over there in the, in Israel, I've been there to the Dead Sea where you put all that real thin mud on yeah. and then you get in the Dead Sea and you wash it off and your skin is just like a baby's butt. Oh. And, but I think about all that mud sling and it's just like putting that good, that nice black bit, mud from the Dead Sea on you. <laughs> I, you know what? I get that. I, and, and you're right. On the campaign trail, you're out there. You're visible. Sure. Uh, you got people chewing on you every different which way. Sure. And, and you say, it's not about me. It's, and, it's greater and, good. And what's important is that at the end of the day, I've done the next Amen. right thing. I stood up for what is right, what I believe in. I didn't wasn't bashful. I didn't hold back. I used to in college. We rafted down the Deschutes River, about a half a dozen of us every year, down the Deschutes River, and you get to Whitehorse Rapids, and we had the guide. And now we're in. We're not in these big. Avon rafts, we're in Kmart rafts, right? Sure. Those little ones, right? We got our gear in garbage sacks all taped up, sure. and we're going into Whitehorse Rapids, and we got a little printout sheet, what to expect. And for Ra- Whitehorse Rapids, it said, either enter boldly on the left or don't enter at uh, all. Sure. And that's the way we approached Whitehorse Rapids. 
Well, that's you know, that's the way the, like, we approach grow, life. Growing up rodeoing, you know, uh, I wouldn't encourage any parents out there to start turning your kids to riding rough stock or riding bulls or bucking horses. But that's one of the, I mean, I, I don't, it just, I, 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 if you want to do it. But the reason why I bring that up is to build that kind of character in rodeo. I grew up riding bulls. And, uh, you know, whenever you put your name in the hat, you're entered and you might draw the nastiest one in the pen. Oh, and right. when they run him in there, he's yours. You you got to stick your own hand in the rope. You run that rope across there. You pull your hat down and you slide up and you call for him. And that, that's just like what you just said. Whenever you slide up and you go, you got to, you, you, you don't quit. You, you, oh. you, you must Oh, through. okay. You know, some construction projects that I've had was it's like, oh man, what did I get into yeah, now? Oh yeah. And then you say, okay, let's get going. Let's figure and, it out. And that's what it's about. Coy, we got to wrap it up. It's been great having you on the program. <laughs> you too, Thank man. you very you much. Too. I appreciate this. a pleasure. This. Absolutely. Thank you. This is Mick Rich to the point.